Why did you lose that trade? If you were watching yourself from afar, from another view, you put on that trade, and you're comment, you're being your your self critic. Would you have done it? Welcome to the Hawaii Trading Podcast with your hosts Reed Hicks and Glenn Nabua. Coming back to Trading Topic Tuesday, thanks, Brad. Tonight's topic. It's been good. It's been good. I mean, I think this is going to be a good, powerful topic because these are going to be ongoing lessons that we always, you know, preach about in trading. We deal with it ourselves. And uh, for those who are taking notes or watching the replay on this, um, we're going to be talking about common trading mistakes. Now, before I jump in, we jump into this, I would, I do want to talk about one of the books or stories that I've gone through when reading about trading. Um, Jesse Livermore, have you heard about that book? How to Remnants yeah. of a Stock Trader. Yes, yes. So for those who don't know about Jesse Livermore, he was a stock trader back in the 1900s, early 1900s. Um, and this guy was one of the rare ones that was able to pull lots of money from from the market so for example in 1907 uh, Jesse Livermore went short on the market and made three million dollars that in that time which equates to about 40 million um, in today's money which is kind of you know back in the day that was kind of unheard of right 40 million when I mean, we three million dollars and in the same year and according to the book, Jesse Livermore lost it all. Matter of fact, he went negative one million. Right? And then fast forward, he, he tried again. Now this guy's journey was literally up and down. He was successful, then he plummeted, successful. Uh, fast forward a few more years, he was he had a net worth of a hundred million dollars. In their time in 1929, wow. so that equates to 1.3 billion. Yeah, if you're doing the math, I mean, awesome. I don't know. And then five years later, according to the book, he was broke again. All right, now, Brad, that is just painful. <laughs> That's painful. I mean. There are traders that go through that on a smaller scale and even a big scale towards those big funds. Hedge funds, yeah. Hedge funds that go through it. The most recent ones that um, we've they've been talking about was Lehman Brothers, 2008 collapse. Before that was LTC, LTCM. Um, there was a, that was another big hedge fund where they never had a single losing period until they blew up and just went like kaput done deal right so um these all all these guys big or small individual investors they do share or experience these common traits that we're going to be going over um just going back to the jesse livermore story this was before Twitter, before uh, all these websites, the internet, before all that, um, getting 
getting the price quote on your phone. There, there wasn't that in the 1900s. And they went back to just, re they relied on the newspaper, I believe. If you weren't at the actual Wall Street, at the, at the floor, the trading floor, you have to wait till the Wall Street Journal comes out, the newspaper, two days later, you're gonna get your quotes or your price for the XYZ stock. Then you would call your broker, go ahead and put in a buy order or sell order and make your decision or your trading from there. And you know, it's crazy how time, fast forward, technology comes, we make trades almost instantaneously, but there are those things that still stick around, which are habits, decision-making, right? Um, you know, being influenced um, and, and greed and fear, those all still stick around to uh, our day and we experience it that you know and I hope we don't have to suffer a million a hundred million dollar loss guys <laughs> in our time oh, that'd be brutal that would be nuts that would be nuts I mean just to and so going back to that you know just taking Jesse Livermore's um, story um, the book, by the way, is called Jesse Livermore, The Reminiscence of a Stock Operator. I don't know if you can buy it on Amazon. I think there's some audio books you can go get, you know. But going back to that, you know, I don't know um, the exact details of like what trades took him out, what he did, this and that. But I feel like the topics we're going to be sharing can be contributing contributing factors towards why he went bust and one of them to start off is um, probably over leveraging his trades and over leveraging that means if you have a thousand dollar account for example um, and you're risking five hundred dollars on one trade right that means you're risking 50% of your trading capital for this one trade and you're you're almost just tossing you're literally tossing a coin when you go to that route and over leveraging can come from many things um, it can come from greed it can come from trying to recoup your losses you ever go to hear those people about Vegas oh double up if you're losing right double your bet <laughs> and put all your winnings yeah over leveraging can also come from not knowing what you're doing guessing um, another another point on common trading mistakes is not journaling I don't know if Jesse Livermore did this mm. but not journaling not documenting your trades not documenting why you made those trades whether it be a winner or a loser and then spending the time to review it right um you're just going with the flow and you know i i myself i review my trades maybe a quarter once a quarter i don't do it every week 
I'll look through some trades by the end of the month, but to do some really intentional journaling, that will be once a quarter for me. Um, same here, same here. Yeah, and I think you're kind of running through right now. Yeah, agreed? Yeah, going through January, almost finished with January. Yeah. And what is it? What is it doing for you right now? Since you're going through it. Uh, well, one, it's uh, giving me, like, uh, stamping the confidence approval that the system works for one, and then two is, thing that's really really standing out in 2020 is risk management. If I if you just keep your risk management in play, you could lose five, ten trades in a row, and then win only two or three, and you'll still be on top. And I think that's what uh that's what's really sticking out because i had a lot of losses in january but it, in the end it wasn't bad it, i was able to make it up i think uh my top sub account was up 3.6 percent at the end of it so i mean it was it was cool it was, i like uh going back and journaling learn a lot nice so journaling i mean we've we've discussed that uh on these calls before we've done a whole call about journaling um we'll probably revisit that in the near future as well um there's a lots of there's lots of resources lots of software out there that can help aid your journaling make it more streamlined make it more pretty make put all fancy uh graphics whatnot um another common trading mistake i mean you got one read common trade uh, common trading mistake Oh, well, f one thing that sticks out to me is just FOMO having uh, oh. I know you mentioned that, but just fear in general, fear of when you're in the trade, you're fearful that the trade is going to lose and then fearful in the sense like, oh, shoot, Glenn's in dollar yen. I want to be in dollar yen. It's not fitting my criteria, but it kind of is. I think I'm. it has two out of five confluence factors for me to enter a trade. I'm still going to enter it because... I know Glenn is awesome at trading, so I'm just going to do what he does, you know? And I think, uh, I think there should be a, a balance because it's okay to copy, uh, traders that know what they're doing, but at the same time, it's that fear. Why are you ending the market? Are you ending the market because you don't know what you're doing? You're not confident in your, your trading plan. Are you just looking for a trade to be in? You know, that's, uh, those are questions that you have to ask yourself. So I think FOMO is just uh, one of the top key things for myself and things that I had to overcome. You reminded me of, a, um, I think, in one of the Market Wizards book, one of the trades was, was talking about how he had a friend who traded as well, and he respected him as a trader. And the friend was like, hey, he had a certain view on the market. I think he was going, he was uh, bearish. He was a uh, short bias on a certain market. And the trader who's being interviewed, he's like, okay, um, I'll ride along with you, you know, and I will get out when you get out, essentially, because he knew, he knew a going, he was clear going um, forward that, okay, this is not a trade he will take. For whatever reason, he made the decision to follow that trade. You know, we're going back to FOMO. Maybe it could be that. But he was intentional and he told his friend, okay, let me know when you're, um, you know, what you see with this trade. And so they, like every other day, they'll 
catch up and the market was moving against them meaning they were in, holding open losses and the friends like ah oh, don't worry you know it's gonna it's gonna return it's gonna turn back but market was going up but they were short and two weeks pass and then um, now I'm, I'm kind of just summarizing it I think there might be some details I'm missing but the trader who was following his friend he was feeling all sorts of emotions you know he's like why is he still in this trade mm-hmm. you know and he, he would ask his friend and his friend finally would um told him one day oh yeah i exited out of that trade and if the the friend was like i mean the trader is like why didn't you tell me yeah and he ends up eating more loss than he needed to um and that was a big lesson for him and making that kind of decision with his trading career um of course and there are so many different mini lessons in there as well but oh yeah tons of lessons off that one story man wow yeah and so that could be a, a an example of fomo as well i mean for one the trader wasn't trading a a system or a trade that fit his personality it wasn't a normal trade he would take like you were saying it, it didn't hit your criteria um or only check one box or two box but and then he had the commitment of writing it out with his friend which is you know it could be good but at the same time you know there's just it's like a domino or a snowball going into an avalanche it just makes all these little things add up and becomes a big loss definitely that's why it's uh, good to know your own system know what you like to see yeah i would say even if uh we had like the same exact trading style you know you gotta confirm it on your own like am i okay entering this market everything checks the box but am i person like mentally here am i okay to enter this trade am i have sound mind to be in it so that those are some questions yeah and you know for example we would go over our trades together and we on our watch list oh yeah we're looking at the same market and for you know say reed gets in at a better uh price than i've got i would have gotten in you know my view can start getting emotional because i'll be like damn i wish reed i wish i got a good entry like reed did Right now, my game plan is kind of skewed because I'm already starting to have certain regrets in a way of thinking I messed up, even though my trade, I entered the trade the way I would have normally entered the trade. In my right, if my logical thinking is just straight, it'd be like, okay, good, you're in a good trade, it's profitable right now, and just follow your rules. But no, when it comes to, uh, talking to other people or not comparing but like just looking over the shoulder you know checking uh uh looking at the other person's tests right copying the answers oh c c b it's a human it's, c. It, yeah you know, like yeah you it's begin to question method. your own mythology of trading and that's like, a it's... human human uh trait right we can't get rid of it. it's human nature 
um, it reminds me of like social media trading, you know, um, uh, there was a trader that we follow each other and, uh, I saw him in this very nice position. It was actually dollar yen. I was like, man, that that's an awesome move. And I think, um, you know, my initial reaction is like, damn, how did I miss that? Or I should have gotten in there. Should have, you know, using those, those words, but I caught myself real quick. I'm like, Hey, you know, just be happy. People want on this one. Look for like, go back test and what i mean by back testing is like going back was there an entry that was there for me or where could i have entered if i was paying attention to this specific uh pair and so like that's another thing that um common trading mistakes is like looking at social media trying to copy so uh people on social media whether they're long-term traders or you know trading gurus who just post profits all the time you're gonna miss out or you're gonna feel that you missed out because man all these traders are making so much money you know i need to jump in and make money too and then that's where you know fomo comes in and greed <laughs> hey yeah true i mean i've done a little something like that i would go and look at some hedge funds current portfolio holdings i would create a whole watch list and i would just almost not copy but i would get trade ideas or kind of model against you know this this certain hedge funds portfolio holdings um me and so i'll pick it apart and you know be like okay there there must be a reason they're in this this trade or they have this stock um, but I will never know the true answer because I don't know their trading system and I don't know how they um, make their decisions. So as a trader, like we have that flexibility to whether to decide, oh, do I want to go in this or do I not? You know, it's a lot of decision making. You have to have a clear cut decision making, not be distracted by like, oh, you know what? I'm buying this stock because Warren Buffett got it. Warren Buffett got it. Plain and simple, right? Whatever he gets, I get. And he, he got a more solid gut than a lot of us. Because he's able to lose hundreds of millions and still sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, famous for holding trades for years and years and years. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's easy to say that you do that, but when you see it reflected in your account, uh, it's a little more challenging. It is. But it's not your style, though. That's the thing. Like, if it's unsettling for you, that means it's just not your style of trading. Another big com um, common trading mistake, and this is going back to Glenn when he, I was starting out in trading. I would have almost tunnel vision with these trades that I was looking at, these markets that I was looking at. And if I'm looking at the market on a 15 minute bar uh, chart, that's where the market's gonna go. You know, if I put my prediction, right? And I would go long, but overall if I zoom out, which I didn't, if I zoom out to an hour or four hour daily, it's in a bear run and I would end up losing that trade. I would lo lose the money and I'd be frustrated. I'm like, why? Everything lined up perfectly. 
It's because I was lost and I did not know the current market condition. You know, if I was trying to go short, it was in a bear run, but overall the market was consolidating. Mm. So that yeah, would... you're talking about like uh, consolidating conditions versus trending conditions. Yes. Overall choppiness. Yeah. Yeah. Market, uh, market conditions. Me Very not being aware, I wasn't aware of the current market conditions. Um, you know, read like you go surfing, bro, right? If it's choppy, yeah. it's not ideal. But if the sets are pumping, you have more chance of catching a good wave, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, like I like how you you put it, though, is like just knowing or being aware of the market conditions it, and whatever fits your plan. Because like, it doesn't mean don't trade. Maybe it means wider stops. Maybe it means less entries. However, that reflects into the trader's plan. But I think uh, knowing the market condition, overall market condition, like the overall trend and what's happening, that's so important. And going for back entries. to that, for me, I had to to learn that lesson of understanding the current market condition. I had to go through the losses. I had to reread my journal, review trades every week. I had to write notes. And I consist there's one the one of the things I consistently was writing down was Glenn, you're trading against the trend. <laughs> did, you, did you always come into the market as a train trend trader? No, no. Oh, okay. I was trying to intraday trade, day trade, whatever. Um and I was always against the trend. I was always thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to catch the top or the bottom. Market's going to reverse. I'm going to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. yeah. And like that was the progression of me as a trader and just going dealing with that, right? Not understanding the market conditions, uh, trying to force my perspective onto the market. But like, you know what? I see a short setup. I'm going short. Market's just gonna follow because I see it. Not knowing, and then boom, lose a trade. Oh, okay, that was just a bad entry. Let me go get in again. Get in, lose a trade. Dude, no ways. I can't lose twice in a row. I need to go get my money back. So I don't, you know, edge up, uh, level, leverage up a little bit. Same position. Boom, not out. And the, those consecutive losses, they hurt, man. They hurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think it was just such a, such a humbling experience, you know, when the day was done, I would, I would force to stop myself from trading the rest of the night, close, uh, write down my results, and then take it to Saturday or whatever, whenever I have time. I'll go with a clearer, clearer mind, okay? I will like, I will be licking my wounds, but reviewing. And then with a clearer mind, I'll be like, dude, why would you make that mistake three times in a row, man? But if it wasn't for documenting it, reviewing it, and actually looking at the market condition, I wouldn't have came to, to that conclusion. And this is something we stress with People who are starting out, we encourage you guys to, you know, almost just be constantly looking in the mirror. 
and being that person or, or trying to evolve yourself as a trader, as a decision maker, as an investor and start changing or improving upon your ways. I mean, you know, failure is one of the biggest lessons we can do. We can experience plain and simple. Tom Basso coming off of like you be you uh you're saying that at a different time, you're different space, different headspace, um, just in different environment. And then you're able to identify those issues uh, with your trading. Tom Basso, he is a um, trend trader, very successful. He's like 65 or 69 now. Um, and he's a great trader, retired. He says, become the observer. Observe the, like be an observer of yourself observer of all your actions observer of everything you do and he said that's one of like his biggest takeaways in trading is that he became the observer of himself oh i'm watching myself take this trade i'm watching myself want to get into this market so it's like a third person view of your thoughts and uh that's not easy to do it's not but it's something to look uh strive to or strive for like maybe one day you'll catch it you're like okay i'm thinking this okay What's the proper way to think? Or just even observing that you're thinking a thought is one step closer to becoming the observer, you know? So just small, small wins at a time. And I, that's how Tom, he's like, Tom said like in everything he does now, he's the observer, observer, which is like, amazing. like he said, like, I'm going to go throw gravel, five, 50 pounds of gravel on my road after this, Michael. And, uh, I'm going to be the observer of me throwing rocks around. Like it's so, it's pretty amazing. It was in a podcast, by the way. That's how I, uh, that's where I'm picking it up from. Yeah, I remember that. And it, 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 it's going back to just allowing yourself to have a deeper thinking beyond the surface, right? And going through, experiencing those losses, experiencing the mistakes is one of those things to allow you to go beyond just the surface We're like oh i just lost that trade why did you lose that trade if you were just watching someone else if you were watching yourself from afar from another view you put on that trade and you're comment you're being your your self critic would you have done it <laughs> yeah. yeah and i mean it goes uh hand in hand with journaling you know let's say you take a loss I would say jot down what you're thinking in that moment and then don't even look at it because you're sulking in that that loss, you know? And if it happens, it happens. If you sulk, let it then sulk. But um, the reason why you want to jot down your thoughts is because that helps you become the observer of those thoughts. Like, let's say you have a, you do something repetitive every time you're taking a loss, but you don't know that consciously. So that's why you have to write down what you thought immediately after. And then maybe once a quarter, when you're going over your journal, you're like, oh, I, uh, that's funny. I had this thought at that time. And that thought seemed like the world. But now I'm having afterthoughts of everything. I'm like, wow, that shares my a glimpse of my mindset at that time. And I think, again, you're looking like a, a window. You mentioned a mirror, but like you're kind of looking a window at, at your past, like how you were thinking, what you were doing and uh how to learn from that experience no that that's so key so key like we um i think 
I don't know if it's scientifically proven, but I think we're only able to focus on one thing at a time. Right, true. Yeah, I hear that a lot too, man. And so when you're going through, when you're like tra actively trading in the market, you hit a loss. Like what Reed said, document it, park it, and then move on. And then take, and then when you do, uh, are intentionally reviewing it, you're going to see it there. And then address it. It's hard to try to address it at that very moment some people may be able to but i i know i cannot be doing a self-reflection that very second it's like you get into a heated discussion with someone disagree with someone some people needs the time to like you know what we'll pause this let me walk away <laughs> the wife is giving you some some tone <laughs> <laughs> before i say something <laughs> but um <laughs> so something like it's in in that realm right but you're dealing with trading you're you're dealing with your own decision making um and we're kind of just leaning towards okay people make these mistakes here's some of the things to remedy these mistakes right and so just to kind of like recap so far um over leveraging um, not journaling, common mistake. We have not reviewing, right? No uh, emotional trading, so FOMO. Not understanding the current market conditions, right? Um, another thing is not enough screen time. That kind of goes hand in hand with understanding the market condition. Being able to pull up a chart analyze it okay go analyze it and understand be like okay i have a clear view of the market it's not skewed it's not filtered um i can understand where the what the market's doing it's not my time to get in okay i won't do anything and sometimes when you're wanting to get in the market you're gonna like force your perspective and be like you know what yeah let me review let me check that again let me zoom in and you're gonna end up be like uh trying to find an excuse to get into a trade and that ultimately leads up to not hitting a trade you might get lucky luck does happen but if you aren't spending enough screen time um, they say, you know, to become an expert, you got to do that thing for 10,000 hours. Might be right. I think, you know, the longer, yes. Like Michael Jordan, Kobe, they're constantly practicing. Uh, great players, Tom Brady. You know, you got to treat this like a sport. We are athletes in a way. And... Going back to screen time, you know, you just got to put in, it's it's the reps, put in the grid, it's it's putting in that work, um, and it's okay. Like, if you're able to do it consistently, 30 minutes at a time, or spend a good chunk of a day off to just look over charts, then go. That's it. That's how you build up. You just compound compound that work compound that time 
and then eventually you're going to develop a uh, a view where you're just clear with the market you want to be synced with the market and being synced will eventually allow you to make better decisions so in order for you to be synced screen time you have to understand what the market's doing um, and some people they just think oh yeah I'm just gonna become a trade full-time trader in three months man do you think it's possible if you put in the screen time no yeah I don't think so either man. <laughs> I don't even think six months is good enough there's a, a there's a trader I think there's a trader he put in work for four years or five years before taking a single trade yeah before taking a trade wow that's a lot of demoing that's that's and he, he they call him a chartist you know I, don't, I forget which trader in the market wizards but he was doing that he was doing that i, I mean that's uh, interesting you think it would have taken him four years if you actually put real money on the table and actually placed a trade everyone has different stories i mean there are those yeah, traders that do make it after a year did you demo glenn i did i did how, how long would you say you demoed for i demo for like three months bruh okay <laughs> solid because because i let my emotions take take control of me and be like yo i can do this let me go put some money in there <laughs> <laughs> no, I think three months is a long time, man, for demoing. I think it, well, see, everyone's different, but I think you got to demo to get the hang of it. And then once you got the hang of it, invest real money with a small account. I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, I didn't even do it that way. I waited for until like at least a month was over. And um, actually, I think it was 60 days total, 60 days total. But it was at... The first month I was like, yo, I need to, I need to know how this feels. Cause I was just, you know, like on demoing, they give you like 50 K for play money. So I was just going full leverage on the bad boy. And like, I'm like, oh, I know how this works too easy. So, not too yeah. easy. <laughs> <laughs> not too easy. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's not, there's no, I don't think there's a clear cut, like, steps, you know, in this. Um, going, the best thing is just hearing from multiple people, mm -hmm. and then kind of coming up with your own conclusion. And then, I think trying it is going to be the most important, right? Actually just jumping in, diving in, rather than, oh, let me go test the water here, oh, let me go test the water here. Uh, find something, stick to it, jump in, put in the work, um, and refine. Like, just keep going, you know, start the journey. And some people will need to feel the emotion of losing or winning real money in order for them to actually click with those lessons. Yeah. Yeah. And they always say that, you know, for those who end up winning big or a good amount of, on their first trades, it's almost like a, uh, like setting them up for future, putting them in like prone to failing, right? Because of ego. I'm a, wait, I'm a testimony to that. 
my first like one or two trades, I got like a 15% gain. Again, I had no idea what I was doing, but it was real money. And I was like, oh my God, I made 15%. Imagine if I had a $100,000 account. Look, we'd be doing that. And I was like convincing myself, the wife, at the, well, currently the wife, girlfriend at the time. I was like, look, at, we're going to be wealthy. Like trading is this. And I was like, I think it was like a couple day win streak, bro. And I was like, trading's too easy. <laughs> and then, and then like, I'm going to dinners with my friends. I'm like, yo, I'm going to be a millionaire trader before I'm 30, la, da, 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 da. And it definitely set me up for a big ego burst. So um, came into it too hot-headed for sure. <laughs> I think, like, even for me, I didn't even get my first w big wins until, like, I definitely had a lot of big losses. But I didn't start, like, actually getting nice wins until, like, maybe a year into it, you know? That's so good. Um, who was it, Glenn? We were talking about like your uh, stages as a trader. It should be all right. Don't lose ten percent in your first year. Oh, your Alexander second. Elder. It was it okay? Alexander Elder, one of the greats, says, uh, first get negative ten percent." That's a noble goal. I the added a zero goal, to that, bro. <laughs> don't, don't blow your account. Don't blow your account. Get to negative 10%. Don't lose any more than 10% of the year. Second year or third year, depending on if you want to do don't blow your account. Uh, within that range, you want to be break even. And then from break even, then go just for 2% net profit. And then you could, once you get that 2% going consistently, then you could be like, okay, now I want to hit profit goals or target goals. It's like never go in it with a, a target goal mindset. Hmm. Like in the beginning. That's good. I mean, that's good. Do you think if you heard that years ago, the beginning trader read, if you if you heard that kind of process, and you're over there sitting with fifteen percent, would you have just like tossed that on the uh, side? Yeah, or? probably at the time, definitely. What a but um, I never heard that though. I've never heard a professional hedge fund trader say that until you know further on in my career so i wish um I, I wonder if i did hear that it would have taken effect a little bit sooner to me mm. but now like i'm because when i heard it again when i you know you got your experience you're like huh, that makes a lot of sense <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not doing too bad after all you know so i think the goal for any new trader bro should be don't blow your account that's like the first step in of winning because that'll you. teach you risk management in a sense i will agree with that i will absolutely you there know you and it, we're just keeping it real guys like trading is hard as shit <laughs> we don't want to be the guru like yo you give us one five thousand we'll make it fifty thousand you know like no we're not we're not even like just posting profits you know you'll see a lot of gurus they'll be posting profits and then buy my course mm. it's like nah that's um money grabs you're reminding me there's this one guy that dm'd us on instagram and he's like G giving us the scenario do you think with a 100k account you can make 10 percent a month every month using this account and you know, 
that right question right there kind of tells us um, where he's at in training. Of course, it seemed like he's new. He didn't really um, understand the idea that trading is more than that Con constant returns. If 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 that were true, everybody would be rich. Yep. Right. Everybody would be trading. Yeah, making ten percent every month for the rest of your life dude that'd be nice but unfortunately i had to break it to him and give him the raw truth um and kind of put it in perspective for him and i hope and i hope that you know that's one of those um tips or or answers that will stick with him <laughs> yeah like maybe it needs like me i need to hear it multiple times so if he hears it from different traders all across social media i'm sure it'll come to his he'll come to his senses yeah yeah and if, who knows he might find those people who are like bro i make more than that man come on jump join my stuff <laughs> yeah exactly right and, uh, i mean that's it'll just make his journey a little bit longer but um and that could be that could be a, considered a common mistake as well because his view on trading I, I don't know the person but you know i could see where the greed is kind of leading on his approach right and it may not even be identified as greed you know you don't think that you're like i'm just thinking of the upside uh i've, I've heard trading there's no limit there's no cap to traders right it's like how is that thinking greed it's but in like you nailed it man you nailed it at the core that question was based in greed. Hmm. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see how that turns out, if he even sticks around uh, in trading or, or whatnot. Hopefully, the, the market is the best thing, best teacher. overall, hands down, the best teacher. will slap you in the mm -hmm. face, man, like while you down. <laughs> and it, it won't even care. It won't it even won't, laugh. It won't even laugh. It won't even look at you. It'll it's, gonna, it's just going to take your money, man. Dude, that's what's so cool. Like <laughs> something so cold gets so warm. <laughs> our, our wallets keeps electricity on, but it's also oh, cold. Crap, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, as we wrap up tonight's topic, man. I mean, common trading mistakes. I I swear. I think even though market has been around a hundred years at least now, the current market these common things will continue to carry on guarantee why we're just humans we ha we are wired almost the same in a way you know um unless unless elon does something a lot of us become part robots you know we'll see we'll see i don't know but hopefully we're part of that <laughs> make it easier to trade <laughs> We'll put the put the algo thing in the in the brain. Be like, yo, I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, these are these are good common mistakes that we hope people are being aware of um, in carrying on with their trading journey. You know, first first step of fixing any issue or improving is being aware, and that's what I, we hope that we brought to your attention next one would be addressing it okay which one applies to me okay i'm over leveraging okay what do i got to do for that right 
and then thirteen is just repeat. You gotta you gotta self develop. You gotta keep going. Trading is not easy, but yet you have community. Don't gotta do it by yourself. Um, and you just keep going on, man. We're all we are all rooting for everybody, man. I'll tell you that there's no shortage of success, as Grant says, and there's no shortage of money. Cause why? Government just keeps printing that money. Brr. <laughs> they can't print it. They'll adopt crypto and just completely invent it. Mm, mm. FOMC, FOMC tomorrow. Oh, FOMC tomorrow. Um, Russia's market's tanked. I think even China's market, Hang Seng Index. That's... I heard about that. Yeah, another real estate uh, company went down, right? I th the Hang Seng is like China's equivalent to uh, S&P and Dow, their index, and that thing has been tanking. Um, our, our indexes has been going a little bit sideways. I think the traders are waiting for what unfolds in the next few weeks. So really stand by, be vigilant. Um, other than that, guys, have a great night. Oh, you they got some? Yeah, they also had a Hawaii State Senate meeting on the crypto, future of crypto. What and I think say? there was a person that wasn't there today to answer the um, call or whatever. So it was March 17th is when they're going to reconvene. Thursday. Yeah. So uh, I'll see. Big news. Big news. And it's just all like. It talks about uh, the regulations, how it should be played out. Yeah, it covered like random stuff, dude. I tuned into it. It was like about some marriage. Should there be any change to the marriage laws in Hawaii? And it was like all said no. So it's like, okay, pass. All right, next to the next bill is this and that. And Going off of that, I mean, this has nothing to do with finance. I did, we did have to, um, the wedding industry did have to come together to go and try to uh, hit no on a certain bill that's being proposed. Uh, so, for like a business impact or something? Yeah, yeah. They're trying to ban all commercial um, activities on certain parts of the island on the beach. Wow, Birds. dude. They, it's like, how are you going to make money in Hawaii in the future? Not you, yeah. but like. In general, like I heard a Turo, they're even doing like if you have a small Turo business, they're they're not gonna cancel you, but they're gonna increase the taxes like crazy. And so like Turo drivers are trying to fight that. Like, dude, this is insane, man. Let the let the man keep up. Like, let us keep up with the man. Jeez, that's right. Trading's man. Trading's gotta work. Trading's gonna work. I mean, everyone can jump on the next thing, but trading's gonna be there. Welcome to the Hawaii Trading Podcast with your hosts Reed Hicks and Glenn Nabua. Welcome to the Hawaii... <laughs>